0: Politics without the soap opera, with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review, with Daniel Hurwitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen, standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, property. This is your host, Daniel Hurwitz, back here Thursday, June 2nd. And how is it that we're going to fight? We fight by self-separating by creating constitutional sanctuaries, by making red states red again, state legislatures great again, by actually governing the areas where we have super majorities of people who share our values in accordance with their values and having elected representation reflecting that. It's a tall order, but that is our goal over time, and that's going to include a lot of pressure, constant focus even on the off-season, not just during elections and primaries, but during policy battles, not just with the legislature, but with so-called private companies. I want to hone in today on the two impediments to us achieving our goal, and they tie together with a story today about a court case. And those are the federal courts, number one, because even the few things that we do good in the red states get enjoined in the federal courts, and if we actually wanted to do what we really want to do The courts would, you know, as the final arbiter, which they are not, but perceived as such, they're going to get in our way. So that's number one. And number two is this incestuous business public-private fascism. They used to call it a public-private partnership. And we used to always think that was good, like, oh, you know, we get more private sector involved, things will be better. Well, that was when the issue was government being incompetent. know, not-for-profit, you want to get a profit incentive in. But now, over the years, as the government has created this private monopoly, putting their people in charge of every industry with regulatory capture, with market distortions, they created this perfect system that is actually more tyrannical than anything, than straight-up public tyranny, because then you could try to vote them out, Shame the people here. You have nameless and faceless leaders that are in the private sector that get the protection and even rights of private people, as we're going to discuss. But they don't have the transparency and the elections, obviously, that come with the public sector. So you have this so called private, which is really public, running every important thing that's food. That's medicine, healthcare, elections, okay? That's the whole dominion thing. They have dominion, literally, over the most important public thing. In many respects, that's worse than anything. But we still have the Republican mindset that believes private is good and we need to allow them to go and impose their tyranny. So we're gonna put that all together, that and much more today. First, our sponsor, Speaking of food, as we worry about China controlling our food supply, finding affordable and healthy food is going to be increasingly hard. 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one Chinese-owned company. Bill Gates, everyone is buying up the property. Now is the time to support American independent farmers who deliver guaranteed at affordable prices grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb Pastured pork and chicken and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. That is from Moink Box. Get oinked with Moink, just like I have, and subscribe to a monthly box, okay? So you keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash conservative right now. And by getting your monthly box or your choice of – it could be from ribeyes to chicken breasts, pork chops, uh, salmon fillets – their salmon is terrific. Uh, it's my favorite, actually. Um, you could taste the difference. And it is much healthier. It doesn't have the garbage in it, the antibiotics, the additives, and it is truly American. But when you sign up, the listeners of this show will get free filet mignon for a full year. That's one year of the best filet mignon and the healthiest you'll ever taste. So again, Moinkbox.com slash conservative. That's M-O-I-N-K box.com slash conservative. Support American independent farming against the food cartel. By the way, it is interesting what's going on with these fires. Fires everywhere. It's just bizarre. It's been like 20 of them in the last few months on farms and agroprocessors. processors Something is not normal. I don't know what it is, but it's not normal. So that's, that's something if we have time... I want to get into in the coming days uh if not today if we have time but anyway this this public private tyranny okay propped up by government and they put these people in charge of the most important things so what we what we are facing in the coming for for the rest of time the biggest obstacle to making red states red again would be like, well, a super majority of people in Wyoming and Arkansas and Alabama support our values. So it should be that simple to have the state reflect those values and interpose against the feds who want to harm us. But no, it's not so simple because the feds get their meat hooks into the states by their uh, proxies in all the businesses supporting their values. I mean, you saw yesterday the speed and ferocity to which every company of any notoriety imaginable was promoting the rainbow the rainbow jihad. It's kind of interesting at a time when monkeypox is being spread exclusively by gay orgies. It's interesting that somehow that's being encouraged. I thought we were told social distancing. It's kind of interesting. When the homosexual religion goes up against the uh, medical fascism religion, It's interesting to see which one wins. Then again, it was never about medicine and stopping the spread. It was about fascism. So COVID COVID fascism is fascism. The rainbow jihad is fascism. So they'll get both. They'll have their cake and eat it too. And that's what they do with the public-private partnership. They want to have their cake and eat it too. You, You cannot have the feds using the monopolies they created to crush human rights and then... Somehow the state's like, well, I don't want to go after the private. No, you're going after the feds. You are interposing against federal tyranny and you will have to break this bond between the GOP establishment and uh, so-called conservatives. You're just going to have to do that. This is just a reality. There's no way around it. No way whatsoever around it. Okay. I'm just warning you guys. This is why we can't have nice things with Republicans. Because Republicans are all stuck on the old paradigm that despite the fact that we have anti-discrimination laws, public health, you know, accommodation, disabilities, ADA, OSHA, but somehow, even though we enforce it like hell beyond what's constitutionally appropriate on small businesses, somehow when it comes to the large monopolistic corporations created by government that are literally the equivalent, like for example in communications and big tech, of buying up all of the roads and then saying if you don't support my politics and religion and our social, religious, and political values, you can't drive on those roads, somehow then anti-discrimination law doesn't exist and Republicans are like, And we can't push back, even though it's coming from the federal government, coordinating with them to box out human rights. Oh, we can't, you know, businesses can do what they want. These two issues, these two impediments, again, this public-private fascism and judicial supremacism come together in the case of Florida and Texas. And that demonstrates what I'm talking about, why we will never be able to make red states red again if we are not willing to push back against this public-private fascism and push back against judicial supremacism. Enter Florida to the equation, okay? Florida to the equation. Governor DeSantis recognizes everything I'm saying. He gets it, and you you see that reflected in his... uh, comms director all over social media, Christina Pashar, she talks about this all the time, that this is a form of fascism that they're using, all of big tech and these monopolies they created to impose their values, okay? So he gets it, and he pushed for a bill saying, wait a minute, you can have a public common carrier um, basically interfering with elections and saying, we are going to, we're open to the public, And we're treated not as a publisher, but as a public forum. And therefore, they're not subject to liability and, you know, lawsuits. But then somehow we can turn around and say every Democrat candidate we're going to allow through, but we're going to censor any conservative candidate. Or likewise on on issues and views. No, you're not going to do that. So Florida and Texas passed similar laws. Last week, the 11th Circuit, all three Republican appointees, two of them Trump appointees, because, again, the Trump and the Republican judges think a lot like the Republican political elected officials. Oh, no, no, no. You are violating the First Amendment rights. 11th Circuit ruled you are violating the First Amendment rights of these corporations. They have a right to pick the speech they want, and you're forcing certain speech on them. And that's a form of a violation of the First Amendment. So boom, the few states we try to fight back against this, done. You can't do it. The courts, we're over with we figured, all right, we'll appeal to the Supreme Court. Well, we didn't have to because in Texas, the opposite result happened. The Fifth Circuit ruled with the state that you can do this over the uh, ruling of the district judge in Western District of Texas. But the But there they did get the appeal because they always get the appeal. And the Supreme Court reversed the stay of the injunction of the Fifth Circuit, meaning enforced the injunction on the law by the district judge. And it was... Again, the six liberal. well, actually, ironically, it was five to four because Kagan, ironically, in some way, actually does view the issue the way we do. Um, so it was Roberts, Barrett, and Kavanaugh once again screwing us and only Alito, Gorsuch, and Thomas, like we're seeing on most issues. We only have three uh, that that would not have put an injunction on the law. So here we have it. That anything we want to do against this form of fascism, unless we are willing to combat judicial supremacism and say no, you don't. This is this is our issue. You don't have the right to do that. We are screwed. But it's a lot more insidious than that. I don't want to go through the hypocrisy um, in a moment. But this segment is sponsored by a very important product. I want you to get iTarget Pro. Obviously, with all the chaos, you've got to protect yourself. You have to have the right to carry. How many of you know how to properly draw and shoot accurately without jerking the trigger? Okay, very few people. Now, we have our training out with Patriot Academy. I'll let you know when our next one is. Those of you who are properly trained, you need to practice. How do you practice? Well, you go to the range, and you spend a ton of money. Ammo is very expensive. Also, often the timing isn't good. It's hard to do it. Here, with the comfort of your home, Earning back the money after just one training session, you get iTarget Pro's laser dummy bullet, and you download their propriety app. You load the laser bullet into your firearm. It could be, you know, 45 cal, 9mm, as well as rifle rounds, 223, for your AR. At iTargetPro.com, you can save 10% plus and free shipping with offer code CR, Okay? You could practice everything with it. You download the app, it gives you a board. You shoot, it renders your shots. You could time your draw. It's truly amazing. All the muscle memory, everything except for the recoil. And honestly, you shouldn't be anticipating the recoil. So it really does help hone in your skills. It's pretty much just 100 bucks in free shipping. I mean, that's one trip to the range. And, and you could do this anytime you want unlimited in your home. So again, the leg letter I, Target Pro. Dot com itargetpro.com offer code CR so again I ju- I just want to kind of go through this with you guys um you know as we have time here so Alito wrote a dissent Gorsuch and Thomas joined it um uh, Kagan did not join the dissent but said she wouldn't have put an injunction on it so it's one of these bizarre cases where people have certain you know ways of viewing rights that a line across ideological lines. But be it as it may, I want to speak about Barrett and Kavanaugh in particular. Because Roberts, we know, is, is a leftist. He we know is gone. But Barrett and Kavanaugh embody this Republican mindset. They're like, no, 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 no. You're telling a private company what to do, what sort of speech to do, what sort of views to discriminate against. And that is not good. That is not good. So, um, you know, and and basically, Alito wrote in his dissent. He said, "Look, this is a very new issue. There is a strong case that they're public carriers, common carriers. Um, you know, we should not put in. We should defer to the state as the merits of the trial in the district court go ahead." That's basically what he said. He also did note uh, that Texas uh, pa- Ken Paxton is making the argument, as we have made many times, Section two hundred and thirty. They are treated not like publishers. They're exempt from all liability. Precisely because they say they're not, they don't have a specific First Amendment point of view that they care about or that they agree or disagree with. They want it to be open to the public. So they're, you know, they're exempt. Oh, but then, oh, whoops, but we do have a certain point of view. We only want this point of view and not that point of view. They can't have it both ways. But I want to go over a couple of things here. We have basic anti discrimination laws in this country even applied to small businesses, much less monopolies on vital, vital goods and services that you can't do without, that without it, you don't even have speech based on the technology and the way, you know, the 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 country works, and the world works, okay? So, dude, if you're Barrett and Kavanaugh and you are willing to invalidate all of OSHA and ADA and all – anti-discrimination laws, and all Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, then let's shake on it. But you're not. So shut the hell up. I don't want to hear from you. Okay? We cannot have a situation where monopolies are created precisely because private private businesses cannot do what they want. That's why it's so hard to start a business. That's why these large corporations have a monopoly, but then turn around after they have the monopoly – and say, oh, the private business—they can do whatever they want, even the most blatant, absurd, illogical, and destructive forms of discrimination, literally boxing out people from their ability to engage in anything. I—I I, I mean, I—I I forget the case, the court case. I've—I've I've written about it before. It was like 1990. No, no, it was more recent than that. It was—it was maybe eight years ago. It was a North Carolina case. Where they wanted to prevent uh, registered sex offenders from going on the internet, okay, and that's a, that's a pretty vital state interest, you know, uh, and it's pretty clear that that's the venue they use to do their child pornography, and nonetheless they said, look, you are box. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the language in front of me. Supreme Court ruled you're basically boxing out that guy from the marketplace of of communication, ideas, news, anything, and you can't do that. Yet you could categorically, for having conservative views, box out entire people and work together among each other and literally with the federal government. okay? I mean, we now have it documented from emails that Zuckerberg and others worked with Pharma, with Pfizer, with Merck, with the CDC and 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 big big banking, big finance, they all work together on this. So it's government, boxing out private first amendment rights but then but then they this is the game they play it's really the government undergirding it but then ultimately the they they play this thing oh but it's private so they still have first amendment rights but you don't have first amendment rights but it's worse than that folks the hypocrisy of Barrett and Kavanaugh and why they need to be ignored on this opinion. And if I were DeSantis or, or Greg Abbott, Kim Paxton, I would, I would say this in a speech. As I say, screw you, we're doing what we want. U.S. Navy Seal Austin v. U.S. Navy is 126. In March, basically, Kavanaugh wrote the opinion, Barrett joins, and then, of course, uh, Roberts, over the objection of Alito, Gorsuch, and Thomas, that the navy has the right to completely discriminate against people who have a religious objection to putting poison in their body that destroys their god-given immune system okay straight up individual religious liberty liberty you can't get greater than this especially built off of recent court cases on this but they ignored it bedrock first amendment rights even when it affects the human body itself Nope, the state's police powers, their police powers to govern, to regulate, when they feel it's necessary, overrides bodily autonomy and religious liberty, even when it comes to endorsing the poison of a private company. Literally, a private company's product is now foisted upon you, okay? They're absolved of liability, but you have to get it. You get discriminated against. And by the way, this is not a private— company case this not, it's not even a private case this is the federal government doing the discrimination and they're saying it's totally fine totally fine and as you well know throughout the last two years we've seen this split where, where Barrett and Kavanaugh have basically allowed everything except for the church capacity cases to go through Maine and New York could box you out of uh, both public and private jobs for not getting the shot uh, school teachers healthcare workers gone screw you jacobson states police power states could do that to you like oh so i basically have to die for not you know for 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 something that is literally a political opinion now it's a political religion of the shot against my religious beliefs okay so that's the story so there's corporate first amendment rights but not individual first amendment rights That's Barrett and Kavanaugh for you. They only seem to... But but even as it relates to business rights, they only seem to recognize such rights when they're applied to giant monopolies working with the federal government to discriminate against entire groups of, you know, political, religious beliefs. But when it comes to small businesses asserting legitimate, individual First Amendment rights, then suddenly they don't believe in that. You see, when the shoe's on the other foot... Baronelle Stutzman. It's the famous Arlene's Flower Shop. Bake the darn cake. Do the flower arrangements for a gay uh, wedding ceremony, right? So, in this case, they're asserting private property, free speech, religious liberty rights, First Amendment. Look, I, I just, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to affirmatively with my hands make a very sentimental creation with my talent of something i don't believe in that that you know it's not some voodoo it it's a against every major religion since the dawn of time's okay this is literally why the first amendment was created if you remember they said nope the government could force that upon you another private citizen could say you have to service me it's discrimination if you don't they applied discrimination law and only alito thomas and gorsuch would have taken up Her appeal, Barrett and Kavanaugh let it stand. So we're told that private businesses can demand that patrons or employees cover their breathing holes, accept experimental injections into their bodies. But we're also told that a private business must actively service an anathema to the proprietor's own religion. A mom and pop shop can't merely decline to service an event that violates the tenets of every major religion, But every major corporation in an entire industry can collaborate with government to implement de facto apartheid and box out all people from employment if they don't get an experimental shot in their body. Put another way, they can work with government to censor every last person from using the main mode of free speech communication in in, in our era. Right? We see that with the emails. They can collaborate at every stage to censor, marginalize, and discriminate against anyone who disagrees with the government. But somehow, you can't just say, look, you know, go go to another place to, to get your gay wedding cake or flowers or whatever. This public-private partnership is the biggest form of fascism. It's not, oh, I have, I have the right as a private business to do what you want. They are doing it at the behest. They are the enforcement arm of the federal government. And it is the obligation of a red state to interpose against it. But now we have the federal courts come in and say, no, 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 no. Perfectly inverting the balance of state authority and individual First Amendment rights on its head, upside down, inside out, contorted in the worst way way imaginable you could not have conjured up more of a disgusting hypocrisy from Barrett and Kavanaugh they are disgusting you put this all together it is indefensible and there's also by the way a lot of big differences too okay between you know big tech denial of service and small Christian business owners who refuse to service a particular event In the case of these tiny businesses, the owners personally create with their hands sentimental products that are being forced against their will to create something that violates their religion. Whereas in big tech, unless you say it's a religion, which maybe it is, um, they they, they openly say they're a public forum. They're, They're saying they're not publishers. So it's not like, You know, to hear, like, you get a Christian, you have to service a gay wedding. It's like, oh, on my platform, among the trillions of daily messages, on a given day will be some conservative ones along with, you know, frankly, more liberal ones. doesn't harm you. Okay? Also, there's endless venues for individuals who want to hold a gay ceremony to patronize. As we well see from the June 1st so-called Pride promotion, um... Pagan pride, for every one that might not want to service you, there's a hundred that will probably give you a discount, okay? They'll give you better service. Yes, somehow big tech can collude to box out any conservative from accessing any way of effectively communicating, obtaining e-commerce, or even getting a job in the economy, in contravention to foundational antitrust laws and principles that we've always held. So basically, again, if a couple of companies would buy up all the roads, they could say, if you're a conservative, if you didn't get the shots, if you don't wear a mask, you can't drive on the roads. And be done at the behest and with collaboration of the federal government. What we have today is the tyranny of public-private monopolies that get the protection of the private sector with the power of government fueling it. So that's how a private product can be forced upon an individual's body, but at the same time, that private product can't be subject to any sort of regulation. You see what I mean? They're having it both ways. We have corporate rights to the nth degree, and of course only if it violates individual rights, not to protect the business owner's own personal free speech rights. This is the worst form of fascism. And if you are if you have a Republican running in any way, oh no, you know, we're we're all for, you know, the private sector and everything, and they don't get this, they are part of the problem. This is the most important issue. This is the most important impediment to us having a free society. And then again, the other thing is judicial supremacism. I'm telling you, we are Barrett and Kavanaugh are gonna make us pay for that Dobbs opinion. Mark my words, you might get, okay, you know, their, their side doesn't have to have, a, you know, we're not going to allow their, them to kill their babies, but by golly, they're going to be allowed to kill us, box us out of society, economy, destroy our lives, destroy our family civilization, and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, you're in a red state? Well, yeah, but the federal court said this is what you have to do. Those are the two most important things we need to deal with. We need to fight against the corporate tyranny in red states. And we need to fight against judicial supremacism. And by the way, I I do want to say on a positive note, we we do see that businesses respond to incentives. Right now, the government is the strongest player, right? So they're going to go to where the federal government wants them to go. But if you make it clear that the majority in a given area will go after them, they might change. We saw, saw that with State Farm. We saw that a little bit you know, with you could change the culture with Disney and everything to start going after them. I mean, uh, Jesse Kelly made this point yesterday when people were shocked how uh, NASCAR came out uh, disgustingly promoting the grooming agenda, uh, Groom Pride Month. And, you know, look, you know, 90% of the audience, you got to believe is conservative. And he he was like, look, you know, they know that you're going to keep watching. At the end of the day, we don't get in their faces as fervently as the globalist, cultural Marxist corporate agenda does but if we did I do believe we can make headway over time and again I mean I, I, th- that is something I mean really loudly not just rolling our eyes and going on with it but making it that is unacceptable dragging them down to the mud okay we will treat you NASCAR like we treat Planned Parenthood I'm telling you it will change so, those are our action items. We need to ultimately get leaders that'll fight the corporate, public, private fascism, will fight judicial supremacism, and also just as a, as a community to push back against all of this, uh, you know, woke, so called private business garbage. And I will, I guarantee you, you, you will start to see results. I mean, it is shocking to watch the degree to which this agenda is embedded in society. But again, it was originally all done from the federal government. And and when I say federal government, I mean the whole globalist. There's nothing federal anymore. It's all everything that's being done by our government is being pushed in Davos and, you know, all these other people. But again, I want you to understand what's worse than government control is so-called private control over the most vital goods and services and issues, but propped up and monopolized by government. It's actually worse. We see it in healthcare, because you can't vote against it. There's nothing you can do about it. A a classic example, this was just in the news. um, AP article, cyber agency voting software vulnerable in some states. Gee, this is another thing you got censored for saying. AP article. Electronic voting machines from leading vendor used in at least 16 states have software vulnerabilities that leave them susceptible to hacking if unaddressed. Okay? The U.S. Cybersecurity Infrastructure Agency said there is no evidence the flaws in Dominion voting systems equipment have been exploited, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, Dominion is vulnerable to this. Oh, gee. So Dominion is very similar to Pfizer. We're basically something that everyone needs is forced upon people. Meaning, it would be actually be better if the government did it by themselves than Dominion. Because Dominion gets these libel protections. You know that, like, we couldn't even talk against them. We have people that are sued to this day for talking against Dominion. See, you could talk against the federal government, generally, still in this country... But they're like, so they're backed up by the federal government. They have, and and local governments, state governments, they have a monopoly. You can't fire them because government contracts with them. But then you can't, you know, typically if you have the government doing something bad, you could accuse the government of doing what you want. Let's say you say, I think HHS is doing this or DOJ is doing this. You don't get sued for libel, at least not yet. But here you can, and and, and this happened with Dominion. It's similar to Pfizer. You take the most vital things, the most vital things to society, the thing that's going to be injected into everyone's body, the thing that you know, is the cornerstone of democracy, elections, and it's run by a private entity that has all the benefits of both public and private and none of the liabilities of either. That is the system they created. That is the most odious form of fascism. Remember, everyone's stuck on this old paradigm of the private sector. That was when the private was separate, so then it could be a bulwark against the government. And that was also when the government wasn't genocidal and committing democide, and they were just maybe incompetent. So you say, all right, let's have a public-private partnership and inject some uh, more you know, incentive for profit and more uh, agility, efficiency, and better outcomes. It's the same thing with healthcare. Nixon was originally into this whole thing of HMOs and managed care. Because the idea was that if you get, put them on the hook, they'll do a better job of cutting healthcare costs. But we didn't. Instead, we created an inveterate monopoly by giving them the contract. So they're the only ones in town, right? Because right now, they have guaranteed issue, all the coverage scope. Mandates that that no new company could could reach, but then they don't have the Medicare Part C, Medicaid, public contracts that United Health and Aetna, and and all these come and Kaiser, all these companies do. And then now they own you. This is what we're covering. This is what we're not going to cover. This is what we're going to mandate. This is what we're going to do. And you're screwed. And they're not on the hook because you have. Endless government subsidies and market distortions and monopolistic regulatory capture and all that stuff that perpetuates it. So anytime they run into trouble, we saw that with Obamacare. Every time something failed, they just got a bailout, a de facto bailout. The risk corridor stuff and everything, that was the beauty of it. So they have all the benefits and none of the liability. This is what you have to understand. We don't have private sector. Remember, we had a lockdown that locked down every mom and pop shop and kept the big corporations open. and not just kept them open, but they benefited from everyone being locked down that everyone needed them and they actually got more business than they usually get. It is the worst form of communism you could even imagine. It's venture communism. That's the thing. And the courts are indulging it. They don't recognize, you know, uh, individual human rights and even business rights when it comes to true rights in small businesses but boy oh boy did they recognize them when they collaborate with government to basically create apartheid and destroy you it is one of the most important observations we need to work on now they destroy us with you got big tech you got big medicine The next thing is big food. We all know that they're gunning for the food supply. We all know that this was created through both arbitrary inflation from all the spending, the supply shocks from our our disgusting myopic policy in, in, in Ukraine. But then there's another thing that cannot be ignored. Suddenly, all these accidental fires, there's been about 20 mysterious fires so far in 2022 in either farms or agri-processors. And when this was pointed out by Tucker and others in April, fact-checked, of course, came in there and said, no, it's not. You have no evidence that it's being done to starve us. Like, they create a straw man, like the most extreme hypothesis of what's going on where there's no evidence at this point, not least for what it is, and nothing to see. Yeah, you're right, and I'm not going to suggest that's what's happening, but you do have to admit that you have no evidence that what is occurring is natural and it makes no sense. It makes no sense. So what is happening? They never explain that. But since they wrote that fact checked on Saturday night, this last Saturday, we had this massive, massive fire in this egg farm in Minnesota. Okay. It was Forsman farms in Howard Lake, Minnesota. Major damage. Tens of thousands of chickens were burned. Okay? It was an enormous fire. Uh, This is from the article here. The Trebesh family thought that they would spend Saturday night around their bonfire, but just after 10 p.m., they noticed massive flames across the field at Forsman Farms. It was unbelievable how quick it grew. It was insane. It was the whole sky, it was quite large. Um, then we know we have M&E Seed and Grain Company earlier this month that uh, this is in Washington State. There was one person that was left injured and a smoldering pile of twisted metal and charred lumber was all that remained After firefighters put it out, it took them forever to do it. Talks about how aggressive it was. What is going on here? What is going on here? I don't know. But it ain't good. It's kind of like suddenly lots of sports players drop dead. We have more pilots being grounded than ever. We have more Car accidents, sudden, unexplained car accidents. and Now, those things, I think we we kind of know what's going on there. But here, this sudden... There's something not right. I don't know. I don't have evidence to suggest what is happening. But what I'm saying is not happening is normalcy. That's what's not happening. This is statistically not normal. It's the amount, how often and quickly and how aggressive and how sudden, with no good explanations in almost all of them. A lot of, you know, half of them they they ruled as an accident, but they don't exactly explain how. The other half is still unexplained, they're still investigating. The fact that the Department of Agriculture would not at some point put out a statement or raise concerns, that in itself is very telling. Because even if you don't know anything very innocent, no preconceived notion there's no harm i'm not suggesting that someone related to bill gates is running around arsing it although i wouldn't rule it out at this point but we certainly don't have evidence to suggest that but we do have evidence that this is not normal but you would want to investigate what is going on here there is no interest in doing it just like there is no interest in investigating there's a website here goodsciencing.com great website They now have it tallied. They actually have every single one. They have it all tallied with evidence. 1,056 athlete cardiac arrests, 690 dead so far in 2021, 2022. Okay, and they note that if you compare in a typical year, okay, we actually do have data to compare. The International Olympic Committee in... Hussain, Switzerland, studied documents for international data banks from 1966 to 2004. They document 1,100 sudden deaths in athletes under 35 years of age, an average of 29 athletes per year. Okay, 29 athletes per year. A study by um, uh, Marin on sudden deaths in U.S. athletes from 1980 to 2006 in 38 sports identified 1866 deaths total. Okay, that's again over 26 years. 2005-2006 averaged 66 deaths per year. With 82% of those occurring during competition or training itself. Right, because there's always going to be a baseline of these sudden deaths because you do have a you know this infinitesimal very small amount of people that are born with these rare heart conditions, usually heart conditions, it could be sometimes other stuff that you just don't know about and the rigorous activity brings it out. But now we're seeing just like literally a doubling of this in a given year. More than double. They averaged, what did, what did they say, 60 a year, and we're seeing we're seeing pretty much more than 500. No, more than that. Because when I say 2021, 2022, it's not two full years. We're only less than halfway through the year. You know, so it was already what, I don't know, seven, 800, 900 just in 2021. We all know what is going on there. We don't need to um, hypothesize with the with the food. It's it's certainly not so clear. Folks, we are dealing with issues that we could have never imagined, and we need elected representation that rises to the occasion. To say I'm against abortion, I'm for guns, and I'm for lower taxes doesn't freaking cut it. And I'm for a strong military and whatever, and especially when you know, the military is irremediably broken like we talked about yesterday. That doesn't cut it. That doesn't cut it. By the way, just to kind of round up here, a couple of uh, other stories on my radar. I'm just going to throw out some stuff before because the week is coming to an end. I want to make sure I get some of this out. The UK Daily Mail has two stories out. One of them is titled, "US U.K.'s monkeypox outbreak is linked to gay bars, saunas, and Grinder." I don't know what that is and I don't, want to know what that is um but basically 86 percent of all cases are directly linked to that and almost every person to to a person um there's 196 infections just two out of 196 are females okay and they probably caught it from males so here we have what we are told that stopping the spread of dangerous outbreaks is the most important thing to do and human rights don't apply discrimination doesn't apply right this is what we're taught. i mean directly this is what we literally see censorship discrimination barbaric treatment you could deny someone a kidney transplant you can do anything you want to push public health this is what we are told right and we're told that even for something That demonstrably doesn't work, has negative efficacy, and for a virus that clearly is not a containable, quarantinable virus. Yet here we have a new emerging thing that is both very problematic, but on on the other hand, if you jump on it, it is very quarantinable. Because it only really spreads, at least that we know, unless they did gain a function, but until gain a function, through basically, you know, kind of like AIDS and Ebola through bodily transmission. And then now we see, it's all related to gay orgies. I don't know about you, but intellectually and legally, if they could put a me- force a two-year-old to wear a mask or get a shot that does it, is proven not to work, when they have no symptoms indefinitely for the rest of their lives, even if they already had prior immunity, they're always a threat. So certainly wouldn't you think just merely shutting down gay venues and making homosexuality illegal, I'm not saying, suggesting we do that, I'm just saying under their system, wouldn't that be justified by a factor of a million? But instead, here's another headline at the UK Daily Mail, WHO insists Pride Parades pose low monkeypox risks. The, the point of this is, folks, it's not hypocrisy. It's not a double standard. It is their standard. This is fascism. Public health fascism is used to control you. The rainbow jihad is used to control you. They are both used to deracinate freedom, family values, strengthen globalism, strengthen cultural Marxism. So they could have their cake and eat it too. Same reason why you couldn't gather in 10 people to have an outdoor church uh, service, even in most red states, but you were able to have like a bunch of hyenas packed together with BLM, like, like there's no tomorrow, the, the largest mass gatherings we've ever had, right after that. Because they both serve the same function. Okay. It's not a double standard. This is their standard. Just like with public and private sector and business rights versus individual rights. You know, we talked about their hypocrisy, but it actually is very consistent. Whatever is immoral, illogical, inhumane, undermines our constitutional values, undermines traditional values, undermines the basic natural order of the world. That is what they are going to pursue all the time, every time, no exceptions. Then there is some foreign policy news I want to share with you guys. Okay, so what are Republicans concerned about? None of what we're talking about. Okay, we basically can't afford living anymore. We have supply problems with food and fuel, all orchestrated by the communism. We have, we have literally Nuremberg 2.0, with public health genocide, the, the, the clot shot stuff, the mass stuff, the military stuff. We got a border invasion like there's no tomorrow. We got crime like there's no tomorrow and Republicans refuse to get tough on crime, refuse to jujitsu the gun control to say, all right, we'll lock up all the gun felons. No, because they buy into the de-incarceration agenda just as much. But what do they care about? It's always foreign policy. It's always other people stuff, but not just other people, but in the most, again, hypocritical way. Whatever undermines America's time, talent, and treasure, exhausts our military, exhausts our treasury, gets us involved in the most precarious situations, but in the most hypocritical way of taking multiple sides of civil wars, that is what they push. This is from CQ, Congressional Quarterly. Lawmakers urge focus on Syria atrocities even with eyes on Ukraine. So Ukraine's not enough. So the, the Middle East kind of died down and they needed another thing to screw us over with, so they got involved in Ukraine. But don't think for a minute they forgot about the Middle East. Basically, Adam Kinzinger, but I'm sure there's other Republicans, are joining with this uh, other guy, Brendan Boyle from Pennsylvania, Democrat, to basically get us involved in going after Bashar al-Assad. They're accusing Bashar al-Assad of war crimes in Syria. Now, as you well know, we don't like Bashar al-Assad, but basically Syria is a dumpster fire between Hezbollah, Assad, um, Al-Qaeda affiliates, the leftovers or whatever are kind of like the Islamic State dudes, there's, there's multiple other factions, you've got the Kurds there too, and you have Russia and you have Turkey. And they're all, some are half with each other, half against, some are fully against each other. So we are going to, okay, we're against Bashar al-Assad. Okay, but then who are you going to pick? Okay, what, you want Al-Qaeda? So who's going to reap the windfall of that? Well, hold that thought. So that's one thing. But now there's another thing. This is from Newsweek. Turkey is playing off NATO against Russia with eyes on northern Syria. So Turkey appears to be leveraging its position as a deciding factor in the U.S.-led NATO military alliance attempts to counter Russia's war in Ukraine by planning a new operation in northern Syria, where factions backed by Washington and Moscow both oppose Ankara's aims. So Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has declared his opposition to the bids of Finland and Sweden to join NATO, arguing that the two countries offer safe havens for the Kurds that they don't like. So basically, here's the deal. Basically, I'm not going to read through the whole article. It's not worth it. I don't want to waste your time. But I want to get the broader point is, so on the one hand, they're opposed to Assad. But on the other hand, they're kind of turning a blind eye to what Turkey's doing, where Turkey's more of an ally to Assad, but against our Kurdish allies. And they're going to, they basically want to liquidate the Kurds, which are the only halfway decent, you know, player in that entire region. I'm not saying that we need to get involved on their behalf. There's no real good play to be made. But if you're going to pick a side, they're, they're certainly the least of, of all the evil there. But because we are so invested in Sweden and Norway joining NATO, itself a crap hole dumpster fire, as witnessed by Turkey being a part of it. Which is the freaking Pasha Islamic Sultan, you know, jihad house. You know, talk about entangled alliances that George Washington warned against. So we make one bad decision to accommodate another bad decision because we have to. The most important thing is to screw with Russia even more, needlessly, with no exit strategy to get Finland on their border, part of NATO, which in itself is the most globalist, corrupt communist crap all around. Let me say this. Soviet Union was communist. NATO was the original bulwark against it. I'm not pro-Russia. I don't think, you know, Putin's some great savior. There's no good player here, but I will tell you, NATO is more communist than Russia is. That is the world we live in. And some of my senior... Colleagues in this industry that were reared on the cold era geopolitical scene, they do not understand that the world has changed. We are the communists now. Okay? NATO is communist. These countries are all communist. We have Islamist Turkey involved in it. So now we're caught between one stupid decision working against another one and another one. So we're against Assad, but we're for the Kurds. But we want to kiss up to Turkey because we want to get Finland and Sweden a part of a corrupt communist alliance that we shouldn't be a part of anymore so we could poke the bear of Russia on behalf of those communist countries and us being on the hook for it solely to deal with it when they won't deal with it themselves and we are donating all the money. And yet I'm telling you, 90% of elected Republicans agree with that foreign policy I just laid out. They are praising Biden. You saw that from Mitch McConnell. There is no, no no difference. These are the issues that separate the men from the boys. Understanding the proper foreign policy. Watch what they say on Ukraine. Even if they're a state or a local candidate, that will be very telling. Judicial supremacism. This private-public fascism. These are the issues that matter. Finally, I want to get to one other issue, speaking of public-private partnerships, and another thing that needs to be broken. This uh, cartel of cures, funding cure research. This is a very fascinating article from Trial Site News. And I'm just trying to, you know, bring this up here. Here's the article. Americans' extreme spending on cancer fails to lower cancer mortality rate compared to other rich nations. And basically, we flushed a ton of money. Okay, so we we spend... Our spending in on healthcare in general, and this is just the public spending, has gone from 1.9 trillion in 2000 to 3.8 trillion in 2019. That was pre-COVID, by the way. Pre-COVID had already doubled. Now it's probably a trillion more than that. Along with that, our cancer funding has always increased. Um, it's estimated to be 16 billion dollars we spend on cancer treatment. Um, And what are the results? What have we gotten for it? Are we any better off than, than anywhere else? Okay, are we any better off? Think about it. Are we any better off I think you all know the answer we are not they did a study and I don't have this in front of me here I'm actually trying to get a hold of it as I'm talking here but they looked at you know basically all the Western countries Europe America Canada Australia and they found zero absolutely zero benefit zero correlation with better outcomes based on spending they looked at september 2021 through march 31st 2022 so it's very recent 22 rich countries they adjusted for health status smoking you know different things it's published in jama by the way and they found that the 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 median or or average cancer mortality rate was 91.4 per 100,000 among the 22 countries America was basically in line with it, even though the average country spent 296 per capita, and we spent 584 Double. We had double the cancer spending, and what have we gotten for it? Nothing. I thought that was a very important story that you're only going to hear here but it demonstrates what we've been doing. And again, the Republicans get sucked into this, whether it's the current system, whether it's the R&D side and the research, oh, we're gonna fund all this cancer. You're actually funding a blocking of a cure. You know, my plan is to take a fraction of that money and have a grant program for any scientist could get money to do a randomized controlled trial. Here's the criterion. It has to be an already FDA-established, safe, approved drug that has budding, promising research from in vitro animal, some human observational trials, but you just want to do a RCT, a large double-blinded RCT on it, go out and do it. It will take the money and game and politics out of it. It will destroy pharma. And I am telling you, I could give you a list of 20 drugs, and it's just a matter of coming up with the best mix and the best dosage and concoction that's what needs to be studied because we already know they have efficacy i'm not telling you you're going to cure every brain cancer glioblastoma and you know pancreatic and, and ovarian but i will tell you you will cure a lot of it and you will extend the life of a tremendous amount of them people who use low-dose naltrexone by the way nitazoxanide, ivermectin hydroxychloroquine are all in the mix phenofibrate Uh, Fenbendazole, it's an antifungal. Um, This is all from Dr. Urso, Dr. Cole. They have kept people alive for five extra years and going on pancreatic and ovarian cancers. The same lie we have with COVID is with cancer too. The chemo industry is a lie. They butcher people over nothing. So again, I, I threw a lot of different disparate issues at you, different observations. That's what we do sometimes. Um, but that's where we are. Now name me the candidate who speaks like me. This is the political movement you and I need to create. This is our challenge. It's fighting the monopolies because it's all one. The government fascism, it's in the medical cartel, it's in the food cartel, it's in big tech. It's all of it. Big law. Unfortunately, in the military. We need to separate and again, it's not a straw man like you secede like, from the union all in one. It's a matter of you first make red states red again, state legislatures great again, have your progress. Right now we can't even do that. We don't have any good, good people. You pressure the heck out of them, get better people. Then you're going to have to contend with judicial supremacism. And then you're going to have to be willing to fight the corporate interests in your state, which most small red states, the largest interests, are going to be Healthcare—that's a reality—and you're going to have to make it clear to them that you will feel you will feel greater degree of pain from crossing us than crossing the bad guys. At least in areas where we are a supermajority, these are all the things we need to work on. Again, tomorrow we're going to have a special guest on as well. I will be out Monday, but I do hope to still have a pre-recorded show with a guest. I'll get back to you on that later. Please send this informative show to everyone you know. This is not right or left, this is very different. Um, to what you're typically used to, even though I still do consider myself a conservative, but the term is really meaningless to what we're facing. We're facing a degree of fascism that I think, if you're a classical liberal, you should be on board with everything we're saying. This is truly a unifying moment among the people, even though the unity among the elite is in the other direction. They're unified for evil. Let's unite for the good. So tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.